Hello, listeners. Matt here. Hey, are you Pottern family? Go on Twitter and search the hashtag Pottern family or follow at Pottern family to find a bevy of great podcasts, including this one. That's hashtag Pottern family or at Pottern family on Twitter. By the way, spoiler alert, this podcast will be talking about the most recent episode of the show that it covers. So if you're not caught up, come back when you are if you don't want to be spoiled. Don't worry, we'll be here waiting. Dedicated to the DC Arrowverse on the CW Network. It saved this city. A Flash and Arrow podcast. And now here's your host, Matt Murdick. Welcome to the Save This City podcast. It's episode 31 of the podcast where we're going to wrap up all of the shows that we've been following this season. Uh, primarily, of course, The Flash and then Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow. We've already kind of covered the finale of Supergirl, so no need to talk about that. But we will be covering The Flash, season 2, episode 22, Invincible, and season 2, episode 23, Race of His Life. We'll also be covering Arrow Season 4, Episode 22, Lost in the Flood, and Arrow Season 4, Episode 23, Schism, and the finale of Legends of Tomorrow, Season 1, Episode 16, Legendary. And I kind of think, since it was the the oldest finale, maybe we ought to get that kind of discussion out of the way first. I am joined, of course, by Donald, who is at DonaldJR on Twitter, and Camille, who is at Lady Oddity on Twitter. Follow them both. They're great follows in terms of talking about television or a number of things. And uh, welcome, guys. Donald, let me go to you first. Just maybe uh, just on a on a kind of a real general thing with the, the way Legends wrapped up, how, how did you feel? Do you feel like it opens up more possibilities for the future of that series, or do you feel like um, it was too soon to take care of Vandal Savage? Uh, I was never that big on the idea of, of, having, of being limited by Vandal Savage, so I'm glad they got rid of him. Uh, uh, it does open it up. Like I said, I always wanted the show to be much more than just we have this one mission. Like You can have more than one mission. And I saw some of the strongest episodes of this season were the ones where they weren't even dealing with Vandal Savage, or he was in the background. So uh, getting rid of that limitation off the show was very big. I just had a lot of problems with some of the things that were happening and, and whether or not they made sense. You know, but uh, I think with the technology, with the CW, DC shows, a lot of the science and technology is really just, it really lives in that own universe. There's no, there's no um, actual factual things you can you know research or learn that will help you better understand it it's just hey this is how it works on the show deal with it and keep moving right comic book science always works uh i totally agree there and i agree with you about the vandal savage thing how about you camille i know that um you this was one of the shows that was a little lower on your list but you caught up um how did you like the way the the finale turned out it was actually um kind of refreshing um i was pretty happy to be done with savage i mean it definitely it definitely was the vocal point of you know most of the events or why things are happening throughout the first season but i mean it's just it's kind of a silly thing to compare it to but it's literally like a a fighting 
kind of assassin type crew on the TARDIS and traveling and to have that kind of weighed down by this this constant enemy sure it it, it could I don't know I just overall I liked it and and to, to the point I'm I am glad that Savage although you know it might come up later maybe he'll come back as like a thing as a surprise later but I do like that they got into the bigger scheme of things with the Time Masters and and all of those kind of ways that they were dictating everything in the story. So I'm I'm pretty excited to see the show expand outside of, you know, chasing this one boogeyman, so to speak. It's it has so much potential to be so much more than that and now it can. So um I'm actually really looking forward to next season and as far as the closers and all that with uh Legends, I was really, really pleased with it actually. Very cool. Uh, what about some of the apparent departures uh, from the series? It looks like we're not going to have uh, Hawkman and and, uh, and Hawk Girl uh, next season if it's to be if we're to believe what they said in the finale. And of course, we lost Snart unless there's an occasional time travel back to when he was alive. Um, how, how did you feel about losing Snart? Because that was really in the episode before, and I haven't had a chance to talk to you guys about that since. I was upset about it because that guy was awesome. And I was actually really surprised that they they took that route with Snart because I felt like he brought such a great aspect to the show. And honestly, he became my favorite part of Legends. So um, I was quite disappointed that that was the reveal for him, at least um, in terms of the crew, you know, the actual on-deck crew. So. I don't know. I guess, you know, there might be chances to run into him in the past, but just it's a bummer for me. I, I kind of that show became as I guess is, um, I don't know, maybe very endearing to me because of the little banters with him and everybody else. So mm-hmm. I don't know how I'm going to I don't know what what's to look forward to with next season in terms of like the acting and the characters, because this, in terms of what they have and what will bring me back, it's going to be all based on what the possibilities are of drama and not necessarily the characters you're watching. Cause I, I haven't really fallen in love with any other of the characters as much as snart. So um, I'm interested to see what, what they can kind of bring from that or maybe they'll resurrect him. <laughs> I'm yeah. in denial still. Well, I, and there is always the possibility. I think he still has a contract with the CW, but of course the main reason they wrote him out, I think was because he has to do uh, a mini series of prison break again. Um, yeah, so he wasn't going to be available. Um, but you know, uh, if, as soon as that, uh, as soon as that is done, maybe we can get him back in, in some stuff, but it, it does seem rather permanent. And I was kind of upset by that too. I, I was just starting to like, hawk girl a little bit um despite all of the cw mandate triangle crap i i was still starting to to like her again and now they're gone too evidently so i it uh that bothered me a little bit but how about you donald any of the losses that the the crew experienced did that affect you one way or another or did you just think it was good storytelling or well i I won't miss um the way snart stretches out the last word of every sentence (laughs) <laughs> uh, I will, I will, <laughs> I will miss the character though. I think, I think overall that character came the farthest. Uh, pro- probably him and Rory, and, and it's they probably came the farthest because they were they were bad guys. And by the end, I think mm-hmm. that Snart was a start with Snart was a little more farther along uh, that road of redemption. Probably fully re- redeemed, honestly, if you ask me, than Rory. So it seemed like the logical thing to do. You know, I, I give these shows hard times all the time for. 
there was a particular scene in The Flash this season where every all these cops are standing in the room and Zoom kills every single one of them except for a main character. And it just it just comes off as so cheesy, but they actually went for it. They killed the character that was loved and had uh, progress and, and had moved his storyline line along and seemed like a promising character for the future, and they, they killed him. As opposed to Rory, who I thought would be the obvious choice to, to, you know, to kill because this guy was just broken and, and he didn't have much else to do except for you know, die through redemption. So um, the fact that they killed Snark, really, it really got me. And I, I'm not going to lie, because you know what? There was a while I didn't like the guy. I think I made that very clear. Uh, I didn't really care for him at, at times. He was just really annoying. But he did grow on me. And, he, and um, like Camille said, he has, he has these little moments with each of the characters. And you start to realize this dude has chemistry with every single character. You know, you can, you can put him in a scene with, with any one of them, and he did a great job. And I really, really enjoyed the little scenes that he had with Sarah. Those were great, too. So um, I guess I will miss the guy. I don't think they killed him because of prison break, because Rory's in prison break, too. So I don't know if if, if he, the other guy will have, like, a larger mm-hmm. role. I mean, he is the star, but they're both going to be in it. So mm. I, I'm not sure why they did it. And I, I was honestly thinking probably something we can get into when we go into The Flash, but the way The Flash ended, uh, yes. is normally that's normally um through dc media and you know comics and movies and, and shows that i've seen that normally starts something called the uh flashpoint paradox right so i was thinking that that he was going to play another character from an alternate timeline i thought they, that that's why they got rid of him but who knows yet so i don't know i couldn't tell you yeah that's a good point and i can't wait to talk about that when we do talk about the flash because uh that there's a whole new quandary, a whole new direction that they can go in terms of everything with that, um, just because of the one thing that he did. So um, that will be really fun to talk about. Donald, do you have a, a, a question or anything about the legends that you, or a point that you would like to bring up? Um, look, the, the thing about this show was there was there was a lot of uh, you know back and forth. The Vandal Savage, there was a lot of time travel and things like that. But I, I really feel like this show was heavily heavily character driven even so more than arrow and and a lot so more than than uh flash which i think i think flash does have good characters uh but i think flash is really heavy on the story that's what drives most of the the things that happen with arrow i think it's a little bit more character driven and character emotionally driven and then i think this show really just packed on that the characters were the things that were driving everything in this story and they were causing everything that was happening it wasn't it wasn't with, um, you know, in the case of The Flash, where it's this other stuff happening outside of the characters that are making the characters make decisions, and they have to react to them. I felt like even from the very start, it's everything that was starting this, these stories uh, was because the characters started it. Like, for instance, um, um, Rip, Rip Hunter, he was the whole thing, the whole reason that, that everybody got together, and it's his own personal vendetta and his own personal mission. Everyone else got on board, and they, they eventually decided that they're doing it to help him. And, you know, they did these things, and they made these relationships, and it was all their choices to do this thing. And I thought that's what made DC uh, Legends of Tomorrow one of the one of the more pleasant shows to watch uh, out of all the shows, not just DC, which seems to have taken over CW, but out of all the new shows and all the old shows that can return. I would always get excited to watch it. At times, I would be like, well, what is going on? I don't understand this. But the characters always drew me back in. So I was just, I guess I'll pose the question to you guys. Um, how did you feel about that, that particular take on, 
on this this show as opposed to the, the other two shows that are on the CW. I think it's and, and just overall the the interactions are definitely or the character focus is definitely needed more on this show than on Flash and Arrow because there's a lot more established for each of those characters on those shows. But um, obviously, all these characters that we're interact with interacting with in Legends are a lot more. Um, they they don't have as much backstory and airtime. So to give this kind of, I don't want to say excessive, but just this this kind of luscious amount of information about who these people are and how they are with each other really help to believe that these things are happening and help to believe some developments with likes and crushes and stuff like that. You know, all these weird little love triangles on the ship. But I think um, I like the approach. I mean, I wasn't watching it um, back to back. I did a marathon basically when I could. And at least getting through those, you know, it was, like you're saying, very character-based writing. So I just felt kind of going into that. I was always learning something new or kind of taking something a different perspective um, based on whose episode it was or who's, who was the focus. So I kind of like that just because a lot of these characters, again, just didn't get as, they don't have that much established in terms of the, the universe. So it was necessary in some regard to kind of build up these people. So at least even next season, we don't have to spend as much on these origins or understanding or finding out what, who and what and why, because we kind of already know now. But um, I, I like the approach. It, it definitely helped to make me at least care about, you know, people and their storylines. So to the very to, to some to some extent, maybe it was a little too much at times. But like overall, it was kind of necessary to kind of get that passion rolling about these these characters and to either fall in love or dislike or whatever. So it, it definitely is a necessary part of kind of telling these character stories since there's so many of them. Yeah, and I would say even for me, the the, the most interesting facet of it was um, seeing Rip Hunter's storyline develop the way that it did. I mean, obviously his storyline was very tied to the Vandal Savage storyline, but at the same way, um, the different aspects of his past as a Time Master or his relationship with his wife and his son and um, the futility of trying to, to save them... Um, and uh, of course, his his sacrifice uh, would have been a sacrifice, I guess you should say, at the end where he was going to uh, put the ship into the sun. Um, I I felt that was a perfect culmination of now giving Rip a chance to be a leader of people who, more or less, uh, can go and and save the universe in a multitude of ways, rather than and and I love the way that that opens the story up. Um, but Rip was the character that I cared most about, uh, probably Snart second. Um, I loved Sarah in Arrow, so, uh, of course I, I liked Sarah, but uh, even the, even the Ray stuff and the Rory stuff was good at times, but it, I felt like that there, especially, I, I think the most disappointing one for me was probably uh, Firestorm. And it wasn't because they weren't well-developed. I, I think that they did a much better job in the last couple episodes with Firestorm than they did earlier in the season. But it just seemed like um, Stein was way too preachy and Jax was way too re- rebellious against what Stein was saying. And and it just seemed like a, a, a it seemed very TV trope to me rather than character development. 
<laughs> it's kind of a opposite on your character list, but I really did not like um did not like our captain, so to speak. I thought he was just so selfish. Like I never ever believed he looked out for his crew. I never believed he cared about his crew until like maybe the the last episode to an episode and a half until the season's over. I just hated um this very very one-minded kind of aspect that he had the entire season and I never felt like he would ever get past that and then when the sacrifice comes at the end for me I was just very like um like you've already come this far you've already like screwed over this crew for as long as you have been like you might as well just be consistent with it instead of trying to sacrifice yourself like we all know you don't want to you know um okay but I don't know. I just I was not a big fan of of that character. I felt um, I felt Hunter just or Rip or however whatever you want to refer to him is just very, very one dimensional until the end, and then it's like oh he's dynamic. So yeah, I don't know. Well, uh, I I mean I can certainly respect that. Um, is there a specific other thing about Legends uh, that you wanted to bring up that we haven't talked about yet, Camille? Um, not in terms of story, I don't think. Okay. Um, I kind of like that they finally, and I kind of theorized this on a prior podcast, but I, I, I like that they tied in, uh, the meteorites with this alien race that we're going to be ev- allegedly battling in, in 400 years or whatever. Um, yeah, this stuff is going to be, um, a point that we'll be visiting, I think, in the future. Yeah. Well, where, Donald, where do you see this show? Um, going. I mean, do do you see this as being much more of a procedural show, um, and less of an arc show next year because they have established this one thing, or do you see like a this alien thing being like the main thrust of the season? How, how do you see them taking it from here? I think I, I think they're going to stick with it. They're probably on the premiere, they're going to introduce. I think we even got the, the the guy from the Justice Society of America. Yes, and that'll probably be a be a through line, and um, I, I hope they just keep it like it is. You know, you can have your your arc, and then just throw in your your standalone and your your character stories. Um, hopefully, some more good time travel stories. I like those where you just in one one period for an episode. I think we got a really good one with um, this year with Ray and and the uh, hot girl. I forget I forget her name. Uh, but yeah, I think there was a really good one there where they got left and they had to, you know, kind of get assimilated to that time period. Right. Uh, there was some good stuff, good stuff with Jax, uh, you know, dealing with racism and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, there was there's a really good good stories that you can tell. So hopefully they stick with that format, but have a through line that's that's interesting enough, uh, maybe a little bit more interesting than Vandal Savage, which I don't. I, I had another question actually. Now that I mentioned that, were you guys satisfied with the the Vandal Savage resolution? In the respect that he's gone, yes. <laughs> I, 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 I was so sick of him turning up at the end or the beginning of just about every other episode. It, it was starting to drive me a little crazy. So I, I'm, I don't think you need to emphasize it that much if you're going to have a through line. Um, but make, you know, ancillary stuff be about whatever the th- next through line is itself. What did you think, Camille, about Vandal Savage? Yeah, I mean, he was definitely, um, he could have used a little less of, uh, savage, but um, I was just glad that 
you know, the ending did show up for him, but I I don't know. Like, I think I'm still slightly confused about his storyline. Like, he time-traveled because the Time Masters allowed him to, and then he was able to jump through time. So that's that was the spaceship he was using, right, to jump through time? Like, that was his whole deal? Or at least at the last episode? I don't know. It's so weird, but, like, I thought he was also... He was time traveling, right? Is that right? He was time traveling at the end, yes. Um, okay. Once, once he knew about uh, how to detonate the meteorite, I think. Um, but before he got the ship, he was just like reincarnated after he would die or kill um, right. Saunders, right? Okay, right. okay. Yeah, that was all. That was all kind of like weird because then they changed at the end that he was time traveling. Um, I am kind of glad it's over. It's just. You know, like I said, it seemed a little, like, there was a little too much of that storyline. Um, but I guess they needed to bring that home. Like, this is why we're doing, like, this is why we're doing this. This is what's happening. And then uh, one thing I did have a question about in regards to just, like, the lore of some of these characters was for Hawkgirl um, and Hawkman. Like, how did they, I understand their their story about their their love for one another, but like, how did they get wings and all that? When did that come in? Like, how did that happen? It it had to have something to do with the meteorites, like or the meteor shower, but they never yeah. really explained it. I guess. Like they just out of nowhere. <laughs> Donald, is there anything in the comic books about uh, how Hawk Girl and Hawkman got their powers? Um, I, th- I think some of it is it's so convoluted at this point. If you, you give me a second, I can look up some things. Sure. Camille, did you have a, uh, a favorite episode or a least favorite episode in, of that season? <laughs> I like that he had really focus with Snart. Um, but I really like the one where him and Sarah were locked in that frozen chamber part in the, uh, in the ship. And there, and that's also, I think the episode you find out that Kronos is, um, his partner. I think that was the same one, but that, that one was really, really good. Um, I just loved this kind of bond that Snart and Sarah started to share. And I like how it started this weird underlining kind of love interest with Snart. And I didn't really pick up on it too much until the obvious when he tells her, you know, I'm thinking about the future with you and me. And I was like, oh, God, that's kind of awesome. But um, I just love how she rejected it, too, because she's like, no, not really. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean. She'd had her thing with a nurse. She didn't want to be with yeah. Snart. Yeah. So I, I just love, though, his, his interest in her and just him sharing his kind of inner thoughts and talking about um, his relationship to Mickey. And even though, you know, they were on opposite ends of things at the time, I just I really liked that moment. And even while he's having to deal with thoughts of this guy, like he still respects him and talks about him in a brotherly way and just kind of. Got you got a little insight as to who he was, and I, I just anytime you learn something about him was definitely a, a favorite moment of mine. But I really did like that episode, and then the Russian episode because that was just filled with ridiculous things. Um, that was more of a funny one, I guess, to me. But hmm. yeah, I think that was those are my few standout standout episodes. Yeah, I think yeah. my favorite of the whole season was probably twenty forty six Star City twenty forty six. I just loved the way they portrayed Oliver. Has been yeah, so that broken. Was cool. That was really cool. Um, although the way he 
bounce back so quickly might have been a little unrealistic, but still, I, I, I just love that episode. Donald, sure. you got a favorite and a least favorite, and uh, did you find anything out about Hawkgirl? Oh, yeah, I did, actually. It says that, um, well, at least in the comics, um, and, uh, she got her belt from, uh, she got her power from a metal belt from Danagar. Okay. That has, like, psych, psych, psychic powers that, you know, it bonds with the, the person that wears it. Yeah. And it allows her to, and um, I think Stenegar is like the Hawk planet, so it probably um, brought some of those characteristics over to her. Yeah, well, and that explains why when Savage was doing the meteorite thing back in the 50s that he was changing, like, Jackson to a Hawk-like guy or the, all those people into a Hawk-like yeah. guy. And the Thanagar is the aliens that they're supposed to face, you know, like in 400 years, and that's where the meteors allegedly came from. So that all, they did they did tie it into the comics in a way, I guess. Yeah, because her character, yeah, her character or like someone like her character is, is from another planet. So I think that was what she, she was supposed to be, but they tied it in a different way. I think. I think. I got gotcha. you. Gotcha. Very cool. Oh, and Donald, a favorite episode? Least favorite? Oh yeah, the twenty the twenty um twenty forty six one was really awesome, but it almost feels unfair to say it's my favorite episode because it, it felt more like an arrow. Uh, episode yeah. to me like a, cr- a crossover arrow but I, I really love that one uh, least favorite yeah, that's a good one um, I really don't know I probably I don't want to say the first episode because it was setting everything up but that was, at that point I was really unsure about the show and what it was going to do so even, yeah, even in retrospect I probably still say that that first episode was it just it didn't it didn't sell me, but I knew I was going to watch the show anyway. But if I was just yes. a casual viewer, I probably wouldn't have kept watching. Mm. It's the pilot, the pilot curse, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, well, and they 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 went on the next week and con- and continued to call it pilot, and I was kind of like, oh no. <laughs> um, but yeah. it it did get better as it went along. Uh, there were moments, uh, you know, guys know how I feel about the CW mandate. So that's probably my biggest problem with the season. Anything that emphasized that um, probably yeah. didn't go so well for me. Um, any other thoughts about Legends? Anybody got anything? Uh, we, we didn't talk about how Sarah got to find out that her sister. Oh, died. good point. Go for it. I, I was excited about that. And I was, I, I was wondering, I was she going to find out. And uh, it seems like I think um, uh, one of the characters even said, "Oh, you just brought us here, you know, just to catch up on <laughs> on crap that happened." And then uh, they didn't really explain how they brought him back at the end of the season rather than exactly when they left. So uh, I guess they just kind of threw that out there, like, "Yeah, we can't really do that anymore because we've been watching the timeline play out in the other two shows." Right. Yeah. Um, it was fine to, fine to me, honestly. I really like seeing seeing Lance. Uh, I forget the actor's name. I like to give him the actor's credit, but uh, Paul Blackthorne. Paul Blackthorne. He did a really good job, and he's been he's been killing it with the depressing stuff this year. So I really hope. <laughs> yeah, yes. Uh, you know, you know, seeing him go off with Felicity's mom, I really hope he has something good next year because he's really had it rough. Yes, I agree. Uh, it's a tragic year for uh, Captain Lance for sure. Camille, how did you, how did you, I, I mean, they, they spent a good little bit of time there with, with Sarah finding out and everything. Um, did that play out okay for you too? Yeah. I mean, it was as emotional as it could be. It, I, I felt it's so weird, but when they get into the emotional stuff, I feel like I'm starting to watch like Flash or Arrow versus Legends. Cause 
I don't get um, that emotional feeling too often watching watching it. So um, it's definitely like uh, it, it definitely felt like those kind of emotional moments, build ups or whatever you have in, in Flash and Arrow. So they they definitely did it well, and I was disappointed that they weren't able to kind of find a way to bring Canary back, or, or you know. Obviously, it would have undone a lot of things, but just I wish they could have explored the possibility even a tad bit more because I felt like Sarah would have fought for that a lot harder than she did in the show. But for the sake of time, I understand why they didn't. But, you know, it's just kind of the one thing I thought was like, oh, man, that's it. All right. (laughs) Moving forward. Right. Well, they didn't really give a good reason because she tried to fight uh, Rip to do it, but she just kept saying no. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. Or you can't mess with the timeline while the whole while he's trying to save his kids or his yeah, kid exactly. and wife the whole time. So I don't know. I just felt kind of. I did like the fact that it showed Lance, who was who was uh, all about it. Like let's go get her and bring her to the uh, the pit and stuff like that. So he was he was right. definitely about it. But then then she was the one that was trying to convince him that she couldn't be saved. So it was a little bit back and forth. So uh, I am glad that they kept her dead though because it gives it a little bit of weight. But you, with the problem of bringing back characters, you always have that little argument of, well, why didn't you do it for this character? Why didn't you try harder, you know? Yep. Right. I agree. I agree. Uh, we don't need Lazarus Pits in this show. Come on, guys. We don't. <laughs> uh, but we got one in The Flash, uh, in a way, because Barry went back and changed things. And, and speaking of going back and changing things and, and the possibility of, of changing everything, because I'm assuming Barry going back and changing his own little bit of uh, sanity might have changed quite a few things if uh, his mother being alive would have any ripple effects on on the rest of the world, maybe not as large as, you know, uh, changing the fact that a nuclear bomb didn't go off or something like that. But nonetheless, he has changed things. And I thought since I led the Legends discussion, I would make Camille lead the Flash discussion. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, well, first and foremost, this, this Flash season was very all over the place for me. Um, I felt like there was a lot of a lot of sappy stuff and not enough fighting. And when the fighting happened, it was unbelievably awesome. And then we'd spend all this downtime because Flash would get destroyed. And it was just it was a lot of give and take this season. So definitely not as strong as season one, but um, it's a good follow up. But I'll just say I'll say that starting out um kind of it wanted a little more from the show overall this season but i think it's just a matter of that the standard was set really high for the first season and so now here we are expecting that and better and for me it was a little underwhelming um but as far as like the overall season i think like i think we can we can expect some good stuff for next season but um going going on that train of thought um what did you guys have or how was your um, how was your point of view on on the season overall, and then comparatively, if you know, to the first season? What what, what do you think, Donald? Uh, it's hard to believe that this is just the second season of the show. First of all, yeah, definitely. Uh, season one was a triumph for me on all levels. I thought it had amazing amazing build up. It had perfect pacing, a great mystery, good reveal, and a good conclusion. This season seemed to have no real, no, no real rhyme or reason to, to how things were happening. 
it was just like one episode, oh, we were sitting around eating at a table the next episode, oh, there's a guy coming back from last season that we thought was dead, and now he's a time-traveling time remnant. The next episode, uh, Jay just killed himself. What the hell just happened? I have no idea what's going on. And, yeah. and it was all over the place. The, the acting was still still great. Uh, Harry, perfect. That guy is that guy can come back every year as a different person, and I think he'll yeah. work every time. He has such amazing range. I had no idea, but um, I think they I think they had a lot on their plate. I think they put it on their plate themselves. They bit off more than they can chew. And mm-hmm. they tried to do so much, and I think it really, that hurt it. I think if they could have just stuck to the Zoom plot, maybe, and then uh, that was it, and have it have the Zoom sort of play like the Eobard character, and you only, you know, and there's the um, reveal over time, but they were, they were just doing it. Sarah be that angry because they were ambitious, because it's one of the reasons that I liked the show from the start was that it was very ambitious right from the start. But I, I just think yeah. there's a certain um, level that you can you can wait. You're going to have this show for a while. It's getting good ratings. CW has become DCCW. You can pace <laughs> yourself out. You can do you can do this even if you just do a half season with Zoom because I saw like a lot of the Zoom stuff yeah. after they gave us gave us some bigger reveals of, about Zoom. They were like, "Oh crap, it's too early. We can't. We got to set him in the back burner for a while." So even if you did like a half a season and a half a season uh, worth of arcs, so you have two different arcs. That would have been a better way to handle it. So overall, I guess to answer your question directly, it, it's slightly, I would rate it slightly less than season one. If I gave season one a 9.5, this one would probably be an 8.5 or an 8. Okay. What about you, Matt? Well, I, I find it interesting because I, I there were some super fantastic episodes in this season, I thought, and there were some real duds in this season, I, I thought. And... um. I, as far as season one went, I thought that there was a consistency throughout that was pretty good. Maybe a, a miss here or there, but um, I found a lot more misses this season. And uh, I, I really, you know, the way they ended up treating the Zoom storyline for me um, was nearly as ridiculous as uh, seeing Barry's dad in a flash outfit with a helmet on. Um <laughs> It just, you know, that kind of just that moment looking at that and just going, oh, God, that looks terrible. Um, that was yeah. kind of the way that I felt about the the way when you look at the way this story was laid out uh, was. So I was really very disappointed as compared to season one. I wouldn't be near think it was nearly as close as season one was. Uh, I do agree with Donald that season one was an absolute triumph. And I think this yeah. one uh, tried really hard to be. Um, like Donald said, maybe they just we got to outdo ourselves now, and it's just weren't it wasn't possible with. And plus, you have to remember, I mean, there's two new shows that this team, this production team, was basically working on. There were, a lot, and I, I remember the last time we talked, I, I expressed these concerns that, or at least one time before that we talked that that maybe you know some of these writers are going from one show to another and everything, and and I just wonder if it wasn't stretched too thin. So I hope that they kind of double up their numbers or something to where people can just focus on one thing and and make it better rather than a bunch of things and and make it work, because um, mm-hmm. that's kind of the feeling that I got from Flash and Arrow this season to to be perfectly honest. But I do have to say though that one of the best episodes of television ever as far as a superhero TV show goes, uh, that dinosaur episode uh, where Barry was in the Speed Force, that was so poetically beautiful, I just could not 
get over it. I mean, that that episode just brought me to my knees. And I think that that may be the best episode of Flash they've ever had. Wow. See, my, I think the episode I really, um, the, the episode I really enjoyed was, uh, I believe when Barry fights, um, the, he fights, damn it, what's his name? The Jay Garrick's character when he's in his suit, whatever. Um, when he fights him for the first time, Zoom, like, I felt like that was such a incredible episode because we see Barry just get completely wrecked and it brought, all of our expectations of what we should be, what we want to see Barry do versus what he can do. And it was just this incredibly, like, I guess, bummer moment, but just it, it was so powerful to see, you know, this hero think he can do as much as he believes he can. And then it's like, nope, you are not there. You're not even close. And just see how close he was to death there was, was really, really like not awesome, but just, it was great drama, I guess. Um, yeah, what about you, Donald? What is your uh, strong episode for the season? Well, e- easily the, the the one that stands out to me, the weakest one, uh, was the one where Barry clearly he got stronger. He went back in back to um, back in time and uh, and talked to old Eobard, which yeah. that'll probably be a, a really close front runner for me for my favorite episode. And I think it was the following episode where he applied that technology and, and he was stronger than Zoom. He beat Zoom. And then he gets, and then, um, what's the, the guy's name? Um, Wally. Wally gets kidnapped. And uh, <laughs> every, every from there, everything just fell apart. I didn't understand the motivations. That are, if All the characters just suddenly dropped 10 points in IQ because everyone behaved really stupid in that scene. And uh, I don't understand why... Zoom has has Wally. Barry's like, give us back Wally, and I'll give you my speed. So he gives him Wally. Wally runs out of the room, and at that point, Barry is stronger than Zoom, and he's and Zoom is outnumbered, and he does nothing but give him a treadmill and gives away his speed, as if he was had some kind of code of honor for a bad guy. And they <laughs> they sort of mirrored mirrored that again at the end, where they're all telling him like, Barry, don't run on the thing because this is what's going to happen. And Barry's like, I know. But I'm gonna run faster than him, and I'm like, <laughs> I know. They just said it's not the fact of who wins the race; it's like the running itself is what's gonna do it. And Barry's like, no. So I'm like, what is going on on this show? Like, I don't understand. Um, so probably that episode was was the weakest for me. Um, I, I did like the the good dinosaur, or the little dinosaur, or the last dinosaur, or whatever, uh, Land Before Time, whatever the name of the episode was. <laughs> that was a really good one, but to me, I call those exception episodes because. That that's not it wasn't really a flash episode to me. It, it's mm-hmm. like saying, it's like where you watch Buffy and you're like, oh, what's the best episode of Buffy? And you're like, the body. You're like, that's not really a Buffy episode, you know? It's a really really good episode, but it's 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 not Buffy. It's not everything that encompasses yeah. the show. So I, I have to give those those episodes exceptions. Like they're really good, but I'll put an asterisk by it. So I can't say that's my favorite episode. I still think uh, going back, seeing uh, Barry, still still started to get beat by Eobard a year later. Uh, you know, he still he still wasn't strong enough to, to, to you know, beat Eobard. Eobard figured it out. I think that, that that was a really strong episode to me. Yeah. And then um, we, we, we're starting to build now more on this whole Iris and Barry thing. But if Barry goes back in time and destroys his own timeline and makes a new one, so to speak, 
Like potentially him and Iris won't even exist in terms of an, as being an item. So just kind of wanted to get your guys' thoughts, I guess, on, on that whole thing, because this season I was actually on board with the Iris and, and uh, Barry kind of like they're meant to be storyline because first season I was really not feeling it. And I don't know if it was the character, if it was the character writing or the chemistry between the actors, but this season I felt it was a lot more genuine and it felt like this is how it should have went. So, um, what do you guys, how do you guys feel about that? Um, in terms of the, the shipping, I guess, uh, I'll toss this to you, Matt. Uh, well, here, here's the thing. Um, I was a huge fan of Patty and I understand that that was never yeah. probably going to work out, but I was a huge fan of the Patty thing. So I didn't mind that them using that to, well, and of course I hate the love triangle thing, but they really didn't go that route with the love triangle thing too much, which I was happy about. Um, what it did was it expanded the virus, the Barry Iris thing, you know, to get closer to the end of the season, which is fine. Um, but here is where they've gone a bridge too far because exactly like you said, Camille, him going back in time means he's never going to need to spend any time at Joe West's house. Will he even know Iris at all? Um, and so this feels, um, and, and I know Donald loves the show, but I, I, I poke fun at it all the time because of the Ross Rachel thing. I, this feels a very Ross Rachel thing where the timing is just never right. And that way they can just keep extending it until they decide they want to end the show. Um, and that to me is not fun at all. Uh, I'm just saying. Yeah. What about you, Donald? Well, they were on a break. So, uh, <laughs> no, I don't care about the Irish stuff. Honestly, they can put it in the back burner until the end. I'm okay with that because I don't see the benefit from either character. I get that they're each other's constant or whatever. That's fine. They don't have to be together to be that. They can they can be strong characters for each other. We don't have we don't have to see them kissing every other scene to to make that work. So I don't have a problem with it. What I do have a problem with is the teasing and the back and forth. And you know, hey, we saw that paper. Why don't we give it a shot, Barry? And Barry's like, okay, let's give it a shot, but not really. And they're like, oh, let's sit on a bench together. Like, uh, okay, like, let's move on. Um, bring Patty back, you know, if anything, because I like Patty. If you're going to do a triangle, then have it with Patty, because mm-hmm. I think that they had real chemistry. And they they yeah, can probably definitely. make that work. Yeah. That actress just brought a lot to the table, and she was a delight when she was there. So I, I agree with both of you guys. It's just a shame that she <laughs> wasn't a part of the story. She was she was a natural, honestly. Um. But so, yeah, so getting out of the uh, love story stuff, or I guess maybe going a little deeper into it. Um, so apparently Jay Garrick loves Caitlin Snow. That seemed very weird and kind of shoehorned. Um, I didn't buy it for a second. And just uh, how quickly he kind of gave her up in the end kind of didn't make me mad. I was just very, I guess, like, really show? All right, whatever. Do what the hell you want. Because obviously, like, making sense in this, this like, kind of storytelling isn't is important to you. Um, I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that because I was pretty disappointed in how they pulled the whole, you know, Jer- Jay Garrick has a soft spot for Caitlin. And I just, I don't know, I didn't buy it. Um, so what did you guys think about that kind of interaction with Snow and, and uh, Jay? Uh, I'll toss it to Donald this time. 
it, it made no sense to me, honestly. If the younger Jay was the one that had the relationship with with Caitlyn after they after they broke off, then the older Jay wouldn't have would have no re- recollection of any of that. Mm-hmm. Right? So I don't understand. I have no idea how that works. I have no idea how the time remnant thing works. I guess you, um, from what I could gather, you go back in time one second to right before you left, and then you stop yourself from going back, and then there's two of you, and then you you. But then at that point, you're two different people. So if they made the choice to Hey, you, Jay, you go back, you go to Earth One and pretend to be this good guy, and I'll stay here and terrorize this Earth. Um, at the very simplest explanation of that, I can accept it. But then when you when that um, the older Jay comes back and he he kills the younger Jay, but he, yet he has some feelings for Caitlyn. I don't understand that. And like you said, Camille, at the end, he, he is about he was about to kill her. Like what what was I don't understand what, what was ever the connection between those two and. And to me, I think the victim of that more than anything was the character of Caitlyn, who really had nothing to do this year uh, unless she was the Earth 2 version. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, uh, Matt? Well, see, and and this is somewhere where I think the writing was failing in in a lot of ways um, because I think this whole, first of all, a time remnant is whatever the writers want it to be. It can remember whatever it wants to. It, it can do whatever it wants. It, 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 it's one of those, again, comic book science things um, that you just have to, I guess, accept, even though I, I hate it. I'll just go on record as saying that. But secondly, mm-hmm. I, I think that we're supposed to believe that um, that Hunter Zolomon uh, that went back and created this Jay Garrick, uh, that he does remember his feelings for Caitlin. And... I think what it was supposed to show, what his whole back and forth thing was supposed to show was the instability of Hunter Zolomon. If you got a guy who's willing to wipe out every other earth in the multiverse, um, then he's mm-hmm. not stable. So uh, his why would his stable stability about emotions about a, one particular girl be any more uh, predictable than than, you know, his feelings about every other world in the, in the universe or about all other human life? So yeah. I, I think that's what they were trying to demonstrate, but they failed epically in doing so. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like, even still, even if he's some psychopath or, you know, unstable kind of mind, I just still don't get. I mean, it's so minimal, which, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on. But I just I if he's that crazy and that out of his mind, he's not going to have this moment to fall in love. You know, like he's constantly going and thinking about other things and for that to be like a, a, a vocal point for his storyline, at least his one weakness. It was just like, yeah, sure. Give Caitlin Snow something to do because they've mm-hmm. seemed to kind of back themselves in a corner with making her story primarily about her love interest. And I really wish they would stop that shit. Cause it's so awful. You know, the first season it was all about her boyfriend and then her fiance, then husband, then he's gone. And it's like, can we just not do that again? You know, it was not fun to watch. And then we get back to this thing now, next season. Now she's falling over head over heels for Jay. And it's just like, oh, my God, can we just stop giving her that storyline? She is worth so much more than that. And I wish, you know, the writers would see that because I just that's not fun to watch, you know? <laughs> yeah, I totally agree um, with that. I feel like her, uh, you know, the writers have always had a hard time, you know, they cast Daniel Panabaker because 
she's a good actress. Um, they needed some a, a female on the team, so they they did this character. They needed someone to become Killer Frost uh, eventually, which I think will happen on uh, because I, I I didn't get the difference in the the between you know how uh, Killer Snow and Earth Two was affected by the whole. Uh, particle accelerator explosion and why she wasn't she was in the building too right so it's yes. it's it that never made any ex- sense so i think they will develop her i just hope that she uses it for good instead of bad that's the one thing right. um, but nonetheless it, it they've, they've struggled with anything for her to do and uh that seems to be the sidebar to give the the uh you know the the teenagers and and the tumbler shippers what they want I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. You know, you got this innocent chick with this crazy psychotic man. That's every woman's dreams. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, speaking of people with powers, uh, what are your guys' thoughts on Cisco and the whole vibe thing? Um, I'll just throw it out there and start. I think it's definitely something that is growing into a great possibility and um, great fun, I guess, when maybe we can watch an episode with Barry and Vibe on on the the case, you know, or something like that. Um, I'm excited for those potential things to happen. But uh, what are your guys' thoughts on him and the possibility of Wally maybe having a new power along with um, what's his name? Uh, what's your name's daughter? I forgot. Jesse. Uh, yeah, Jesse. So, what do you guys? What are your thoughts on all of those people with new powers or potential powers? Uh, we'll give it back to you, Donald. I don't know what they're doing with Jesse and, and Wally. I don't think they, they they haven't shown. Yeah. I mean, they, they're teasing us like, oh, they might have a power. We yeah. Know in the comics, they're supposed to have a power. Or, or be speedsters, at least. Not necessarily power, but but I haven't seen it. Maybe it's dormant and something has to wake it up. Maybe if Barry changed things, he might come back to his his, um, his original timeline and find out he doesn't have any powers and, and Wally does. And Wally's the Flash. That would be great. Yeah, that would and, be uh, interesting. We can, yeah, we could see Barry struggle with, with not having any powers anymore, and maybe they can do something with that. Who knows? Uh, um, the Cisco thing is great. I think that uh, having the visions was always a scary thing if you um, if you use it too much, but he can sort of play that Cordelia character and just be like a catalyst for, you know, what's going to happen, and he just gets a vague vision, and then, yeah. that, that, you know... It, they can just go from there. He doesn't have to know everything. Uh, I do like the idea that he has a little, I guess, I don't know what that was. He shot out of his arm from waves, mm-hmm. ultrasonic waves or something. That's cool. They can, they can add him to the, to the battle and he can struggle with that because he's not really a fighter. So yeah. it, it's not like, it's not like, Oh, I can suddenly shoot things out of my arm. So I'm going to be right there in battle with Barry. Um, but he's still useful on the other end or in the Felicity role. Which um, is also the Caitlyn role and the Cisco role, so he's also useful on both sides. So I think it just makes him more of a useful character, but at the same time, it also makes Caitlyn a little less useful <laughs> unless something happens to her pretty soon. Right. Uh, th- there was hints that that she had some evil in her, possibly. That I think they hinted at that. Mm-hmm. If she becomes if she becomes a bad guy, I think that gives her a perfect role. But I think Matt said it perfectly just a second ago when he said it didn't make any sense. Nothing Nothing really makes sense this season. How is it that Earth-2 counterparts have the opposite hand of Earth-1? If they're infinite Earths, then what, what's the correlation between, you know, why would they be mirror images of just that Earth? So what about Earth-3? Do they have, like, a third hand? 
Like, how does that work? I don't, it just seemed like a plot, a plot It just seemed like a plot point to me how long uh, say that and figure it out, honestly. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Donald, I love the fact that you brought up the whole thing uh, about, you know, with Barry going back in time and how that might change things for, for, you know, Jesse's powers or Wally's powers or whatever. The thing that comes to my mind is also if he took care of Thawne back then, then Thawne doesn't get a chance to become Wells later on, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. we can have Kavanaugh back as a third Wells, <laughs> which is fantastic, <laughs> as the actual Wells this time around. Yeah. Maybe stay in that character. I think that that's fantastic. Uh, but I love I loved Cisco. I love his reluctance, his fear of the power. I thought that that was all very well developed. I loved uh, the fact that, uh, you know, that he could embrace it when he when he had to. Um, and I can't wait to see what happens with all of that. I don't know if they'll throw him into the fray with, with, uh, flash all of the time, but uh, again, with this new timeline, the, the, the possibilities are infinite. Um, the, the other question I guess is, is there a particle accelerator explosion that gives Cisco his powers in the first place? Or does Barry lose his powers because he went back and, and none of this happened? Cause that was Thawne too, more or less that kind of helped edge that along. Right. Yeah, he, well, he made it go faster. Okay. It, it, it probably would have happened either way, but it, I think Thon had um, he used the schematics and he he just hurried it along, so it happened a lot sooner. Okay. All right. Well, it, it just it leaves for a whole quandary of of of, of possibilities, um, and hopefully they'll find a way to to keep it interesting and write the ship because it could be a big mess too. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 how does that work with the other two shows? Right. Yeah, very true. Yeah, I don't know. This is going to be a very, very slippery (laughs) slope now that you bring that up. So, um, and I guess going with that, did you, did you guys like that ultimate decision? As far as the final episode, you know, we'll kind of get into this as wrap up. Um, I felt it was pretty average and standard. It felt almost like a regular episode where they're resolving a big crisis and then, you know, things are kind of calm before the storm. Obviously, you know, we had a lot of things taken away from Barry. So there was just this buildup of like, I'm not taking this anymore. Um, for me, that was probably the highlight of the entire episode was this one moment where he's like, no, this is not going to happen. And so he goes back in time and undoes everything. But um, just just outside of that, um, what did you guys think about, about the final episode? It just as as a wrap up for the season. And then what did you guys think about him changing things? Uh, and we'll just kind of brief over that before we move forward with uh, Arrow. Uh, I'll start with you, Matt. All right. Um, very disappointed in the finale. Um, you know, a race. <laughs> Come on. Um, regardless of what other sinister things were behind the race, it just um, it it seemed a little bit too comic booky maybe and i did uh feel for barry and his father you know losing his father um again i i just felt that they they kind of jumped the shark with the whole jay garrick thing um even though lots of people had called it that it would be barry's dad 
Um, and of course the hint about, uh, the Garrick maiden name in an earlier episode, uh, all of that just, uh, it, it just didn't work for me. And, and it culminated in a guy looking ridiculous in a ridiculous suit <laughs> going back to, uh, going back to earth three. I can only imagine what earth three looks like. Maybe everybody dresses like that there. Um, but nonetheless, <laughs> you know, maybe Earth three is where Supergirl is, although she had never heard of a flash in, in that in that crossover episode. So I kind of doubt that um, she must be on Earth 17.5 or something like that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, and then and then they have the, this race and they conclude everything up with with uh, Hunter Zolomon and and. That was exciting and it was fun and, and the whole time remnant, which is going to be the Lazarus pit for Flash for the rest of our lives. And, and then we have, um, this return of the king sized Deumon at the end, um, that ends in, uh, that simply is to build up to, uh, the WTF moment of the episode. And I, I was just really disappointed. I don't know. How about you, Donald? I, I, it was hard piecing it all together. Like, how many berries are in that room now where his mom died? Yeah. It's like seven berries. I, I don't know. And then one fades away. He's like, no. Uh, I just felt really like, why didn't he just go back like a day before and save his dad if he was going to do go back that far? Um, I don't know. It, it just seemed a lot, it seemed very weird. And I wasn't that satisfied with the conclusion of it all. Probably there are plenty of times where he, if he wanted to kill Zoom, we could just kill Zoom. And why didn't the race come back for Barry if Barry is the one that made the time remnant that, I don't know. I know they were already looking for, for Zoom, mm-hmm. um, but they didn't, they didn't, they just left Barry alone. They're like, okay, we'll just take this guy. Um, one thing that was pretty cool was that obviously Zoom is coming back because at the end he was, um, if you Google what, what Black Flash looks like, that's pretty spot on of what he looks like when, the, what they were turning him into. So I think we're going to definitely see him again as Black Flash. And I won't, I won't be going into detail about what Black Flash is or anything like that because they'll probably put their own spin on it, but it, it's a, it's another uh, version of, of a character that's been around for a long time. So if you want to look that up, but, um, I, I was excited about that. The, yeah, overall, I think they made some really bad choices and some really good choices. It's just, it, it, it was no, it seemed like there was very few, mediums to that it was, it was just polarizing it was one or the other and it, yeah. it, a lot of times it just ended up not making sense yeah it's just unfortunate i mean i hope that at the very least they'll kind of work with even if they do multiple storylines at least work with it in a way and tell it in a way that isn't so confusing i also think that these breaks that they're taking for arrow and flash are just really breaking up like the storytelling because there's so much nuance in, in what they're trying to feed you as a viewer. And it, it starts to get so convoluted. And when you put time in between these weights to kind of figure out what's going on, you just get completely lost. And then you come back in the middle of it and you're even more lost. So I just, I don't know. I hate these mid season things. I just wish they would stop with that, especially with flash because there's so much information in every episode and to kind of have to, sit on that before you even finish the entire season and have it as a whole is just it's it's not helping with with what they're trying to convey or tell as a story so obviously it won't change and they won't do or they'll keep doing these mid-season things but oh man it's not helping the storytelling i think all right well in that case uh camille and i have taken care of a show each 
Donald gets a hard job of trying to take care of Arrow at the end. <laughs> oh, here we go. Um, <laughs> all right. <was> terrible. <laughs> Look, I'll, I'll I'll be honest with you. I think uh, that the addition of of Supergirl and Legends definitely made our our two original shows suffer. Uh, to what degree is is arguable, I guess, but uh, there's definitely a lack in in storytelling and, and production is fine. Uh, production is fine. The acting is is always good. It's just the uh, the writing, storytelling is just it definitely suffered. So this season of Arrow, we had uh, Oliver running for mayor. I don't I don't even know how that started. I, I totally forgot about that until the end. Uh, the character of Damian Dark, who's a bad guy who can kill you at any moment, but decided to hide out for most of the season, getting other people to do his work, which made no sense. Uh, we had a mother, a father-daughter relationship that has always been WTF to me, in, in Malcolm, Merlin, and Dia. Uh, we had a main character get killed off in a mm. sad fashion, I guess. Uh, we had uh, Felicity and, and Oliver break up, make up, break up, and who knows what they are now. They're the only two left in the building now, apparently, so... Uh, plenty of time to talk about that stuff. Uh, we had Diggle's brother return and get murdered by Diggle, which was some tough stuff right there, I guess, for, for that character. Uh, what else happened? We had uh, we had Oliver eventually become mayor, and we had a flashback that probably could have been told in 15 minutes, stretched out throughout <laughs> the entire season. <laughs> so, to me, at, th- at this point, Oliver should remember, like, okay, the first year of everything that happened on the island is going to apply to whatever happened in the first year since I was off the island and so forth and so on. So by that, that fifth or fourth, fifth, fifth year, he should have known that that idol was coming back in exactly five years. So he should have been ready for that. But I guess he forgot. So uh, let's get the flashbacks out of the way. What did you guys make anything out of that? Or was it just there just because they, they have committed to that formula, Matt? Uh, it seemed to me uh, that it was just a formula thing, and, and the writers were kind of like, oh, well, let's take him back to the island. Yeah, let's do that. And uh, then what? Oh, I don't know. Well, we're doing this idol thing with Damien Dark. Why don't, why, why don't we just tie that in somehow? Yeah, that'll work. Oh, now, how do we parse that out? Well, we need uh, we need a prison camp. We need uh, We need a bad guy. And, um, I don't know. It only takes up like, you know, seven minutes of an episode anyway. Just write something right before we, right before we film it. It'll be fine. That's the way I felt about the flashbacks. <laughs> they need to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Camille? Yeah, that's, they just, <laughs> well, it, it's caught up at this point, right? This is his years on the island or whatever, or years he was gone, whatever. It's, it's just done. It should be done by now. And I also felt like, like we paid, we paid the iron price for, you know, having this episode with Constantine. And like, I felt like the flashbacks were like, uh, like, well, you wanted Constantine on an episode. So now you're gonna have to pay for it with these flashbacks, you know, like it was just so bad. Like, just stop. <laughs> like there's one episode I think where they didn't have the flashback and i'm like this episode's pretty good and then i'm like we haven't gone back to the island that's why you know <laughs> like <laughs> oh my god um yeah i'm just done with it there's just it doesn't add much to the story except for here's the theme of the episode here's this here's that and it's it's just oh my 
God, focus on what's happening now. We can get so much done. You don't have to have as many episodes per season if you get rid of that shit. So, oh, my God. And if we, I mean, if they were going to put the idol on the island, have it so that we learn something about the idol that we didn't already learn before on the show. Like, it served no purpose. And I guess at the end we were supposed to go, oh, that was the idol the whole time. And, like, no one cared. So it was nice seeing Amanda Waller again. Mm-hmm. She she got bullet to the brain. That was a pretty shocking moment. Uh, but other than that, I guess that that does catch everything up. I mean, we might get a little uh, prologue where we see him grow his hair out again and put the <laughs> thing on and then and then get rescued. I don't know. To me, it takes away from the solitude and the 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 hardship of the island that that um, had already been established. That he was just out there by himself. But no, he's been back to Star City since then. He's been working with mercenaries and. You know, it's it, it. I don't know. To me, it just takes away from it. We can we can move on from that. Uh, I'll, I'll throw it over to Matt if you had any points that you wanted to bring up. Well, I, I the one thing I want to point out to Camille is that the one episode where we didn't have island flashbacks, we had flashbacks to Laurel. That was the uh, the the uh, yeah. Canary Cry episode, and those were fantastic. And I think that mm-hmm. they could continue to do little fill-ins like that. But my main question is. Because I thought that Neil McDonough did a fabulous job with Damien Dark with what he was given. But did Damien Dark seem to everybody, this is the way he felt to me by the end. He felt very cardboard cut out evil guy. And yep. at the beginning of the season, he did not feel that way. Um, nope. But it felt like his his character just got degraded and degraded because more emphasis came came uh, on things that the CW wanted, like Olicity and love triangles <laughs> and flashbacks and magic powers and and all of this stuff. That um, you know, you could have applied some of that magic, more of that magic power stuff to Damian Dark, but they didn't. You know, the, the episode the episode before uh, the the penultimate episode seems like it should be the big battle. You know, it's like there, there is Damien Dark taking in 10,000 souls from a nuclear explosion. And there is Oliver and Diggle, just the two of them facing off with him. And so he says, oh, I'm just going to just tear the building down and, and walk out. And you guys, you know, I got, I got other things to do. I need some college kid from Felicity's past to help me break into a computer program. Uh, it just felt so cardboard cutout to me. How did you guys feel about it? Yeah, I, I was actually having this discussion, I think, watching the finale with my friends. I'm like, I mean, doesn't this feel like I, I was saying, you know, we had this charismatic, you know, kind of smart ass, snarky little like character from Damien at the beginning. I'm like, where is that? Like, that was that was so, so fun to see. And grand, you know, that's the great way to introduce these characters is to have something interesting and different about them. But like, where was all of that awesomeness? You know, he just, he was just this bad guy at the end. And I'm like, he did, his personality didn't change. You know, there shouldn't be any reason why he's not written that way anymore. And it just made the ending just seem so, so like typical, you know, like, of course, everyone's going to survive. Of course, this is going to happen. You know, it just, it was a shame that they, they had this great character from the start. And then he slowly was watered down and reduced, as you say, to this kind of like cardboard bad guy and it was just it was awful to see that kind of see that that downhill progression like why did he turn into that he was such a great character and he was written very well in the beginning and 
to see this this like very just like business and I want to destroy things like where was that smart ass guy before that we had at the beginning of the season I was I was very confused as to how he became that or was reduced to that in the very end um yeah I'm I'm this season man <laughs> this season how about you Donald any thoughts about Damian Dark yeah it's it's yeah, I agree with both of you it's the it's the what twenty year old CWWB formula where the twenty three episode format bad guy comes in the beginning establishes himself he's scary uh, bad guy stalls until the mid season finale where he comes and then beats the beats the good guy oh bad guy comes back stronger oh stalls again until the finale and then bad guy gets beaten like that's it, that's the it's a bad formula and they don't have to do that anymore you can. You can have him appear later in the season. You don't have to have him around like just as a constant threat because that makes him not scary. When Damian Dark was mm-hmm. first on the show, like you said, he was very charismatic. He can kill you through a TV. He can choke you without touching you. So why doesn't he just walk up to Oliver and kill him? Like There's plenty of times he could have done that, but he, he chose to talk. Even in the finale, he was just talking. And he's like, oh, all these guys, oh, oh, you guys are crazy. I could kill you right now if I wanted to. I could blow up the whole world but I won't do it. And then when he finally loses his power, he's like, oh, by the way, I've trained with the League of Assassins, as if Oliver hasn't already defeated every League of Assassins member. Like, Obviously, they have really bad training. If they're, yeah. like, they're supposed to go through this intense training that makes you like un- unbeatable, but Oliver trained on an island for five years, and he's stronger than every single one of them. So I don't, I don't understand, it. except for Sarah, I guess, because she's a main character. So she, her training was special. But um, everybody else can just get beat, and not to mention Damian Dark is like an old dude at this point. So uh, it was very obvious that that was a stunt double <laughs> because he's moving slow. Every time you see him all throughout the season, he's moving like a guy who's a little, maybe slightly overweight and and of age. And then all of a sudden, he's like moving and very intense and quick, and it just didn't make any sense to me. So um, they they ruined the character of the guy. Honestly, I felt like he should have been defeated whenever um, Dixon was that Dixon. They came in? Yes. Yeah, whenever she came in, they, they beat him. Yes. There was no reason to go to go any further than that. That, that. They could have pushed that to the finale or just had him be beat and then uh, he had to deal with somebody else. Or I would have liked the idea of Malcolm stepping up because talk about a watered-down villain. He, Malcolm is nothing at this point. Yeah. yeah. We can move on. Uh, let, let, let's talk about, the I guess, the season-long big mystery was the death of Laurel. And I know we talked about this before, but... Looking at it now as a whole and seeing everyone react react from it and, and either get stronger or weaker for it, Camille, how do you feel about the choice of killing Laurel and the, and um, what does it mean for the series going forward? I mean, obviously we're going to be... I don't know if that means we're going to have less interactions with um, Captain Lance. It, it may very well be the case, which is very disappointing. But he's also become part of Team Arrow, too, unintentionally, so who knows. Um, I don't know. I still feel weird about it. I I just don't understand why they would put so much resource into building up Canary just to take her away. And um, I wasn't aware of this until actually maybe the episode after the episode aired where, she, where they reveal that she dies. Um, I didn't know there was so much hate for Felicity. Because apparently a lot of people are saying that they killed off Laurel or the Canary character because of the love 
whatever thing going on with Oliver and Felicity. And um, a lot of people are saying that, you know, it's basically the Elicity is taking priority over, I guess, things for Oliver to be doing or things that the Black Canary should have been doing. And just kind of looking at it at that point of view, not necessarily that I agree, I can see um, how that might be the case that, you know, we get this priority of Elicity and then, you know, all this work that was done in the Black Canary was just done and undone. So it begs the question of what role does Felicity have in this, that she's going to be taking over a huge part of the show that I felt was needed. And they, they built up, you know, they built up Laurel from literally the ground up because I thought she was trash in the beginning and I hated her. And for me to kind of have this crazy, like, no, she can't go feeling. It's just, it, it, it bothers me that they did all this work and now she's gone. And in hindsight, I still don't understand the purpose it serves because as, as far as I'm concerned, she earned her spot on that show, um, actress and the character. And it's just kind of, I don't know, disappointing that they went that route. Like, I don't know what the reasons were for it. And I kind of wish there, there is a way for me to know, or, or I don't know if the people, the, the writers or the producers or whatever have talked about why they made that decision, but I would sure as hell like to know why, you know, they took out the canary, and everything um but that's just that's just where i stand and i and i'm sure there are a lot of people who agree that they don't want her gone but i don't necessarily blame felicity or the actress for it but i just i don't understand why they couldn't have just had both like they were but mm-hmm. i don't know it's a very very strange kind of uh there's this there's a strange kind of reasons why at least according to the internet so i'm not sure not sure what or why it happened, but I'd definitely like to hear it from the source, you know. Yeah. Camille, I'm with you. I mean, as you guys, I think as we talked about last time, I'm one of the most uh, conflicted people about Laurel's death in the first place because I was one of Laurel's biggest critics as far as, you know, having any interest in her. But she did, especially when she started doing the whole DA thing, I really felt like, you know, when they started focusing back on that, I thought, man, this is fantastic, you know. Uh, And I didn't, you know, as the signs started pointing towards Laurel, I still didn't even catch it until the actual, the episode where she died, that it was going to be her. But nonetheless, after it happened, um, and I, I... I felt the loss for the rest of the the rest of the season. I I didn't feel like the the motivations for the characters in regarding to her, other than maybe John, you know, and his whole struggle with with Andrew. Um, I I didn't feel like there were any real ramifications uh, to her death, which I felt was very cheating. And I will say this: I am an Elicity. I'm a big fan of Elicity. But if I find out that Mark, whatever his name uh, from the CW, called up Berlanti and said, hey, we got to get rid of Laurel because I just looked at Tumblr and there were 14,337,000 posts about Elicity on Tumblr, but there was only 1.2 million, million posts about Laurel and Oliver on Tumblr. So we got to get rid of Laurel. I mean, if it comes down to something as simple as that because they gave in to fan hate, um, then I will really be pissed. What well, seems the opposite is, like I was saying, at least in these instances that I was reading up comments and seeing what people had to say about the whole thing, a lot of people don't like Elicity. They they blame her for, for the Black Canary or that actress's departure of the show. So a lot of people are pissed and can't stand either Elicity or just um, 
Felicity in general because they think she is the reason why that she's gone, um, mm. that that uh, that Laurel is gone. So I just I don't I don't know. I mean, that was a small. It could be a small majority just being vocal, but or a small minority being vocal. But I just I don't um, I don't know. I, I'm not too sure as as to what the consensus is. But at least in that instance, there are a lot of people that were just against anything that had to do with Felicity. And I don't blame them because she's come this far, but I don't feel like she's made even half the progress that we've seen with, with Laurel's character. So, and again, she's not even a pinnacle point to like Oliver's growth as a character. And that's another thing that people didn't like about Felicity was that she apparently is holding back Oliver's progression as a character. Oliver can't, a lot of people think Oliver can't become the arrow or the green arrow or who he's meant, who he's meant to be because of his ties to Felicity. So I don't know what that means for storytelling either, because if that's the case, we're going to be in this horrible place of Oliver not being able to become who he should be because of Felicity. I don't know how true that is. Like I said, a lot of it was just people being upset and pissed and probably bitching about stuff they don't know about. But just seeing and reading that, I could understand that point of view. So um, I'd be pretty pissed, too, finding out that, you know, a lot of people prefer one thing over the other. And that's why the decision was made. But it it does bother me as to where the show is just going overall. And it's like the season, this next season is going to be it for me if they don't get their shit together, honestly, because stuff like that is just unwarranted. I don't understand what what it served, like what purpose it served to do that. I mean, I I agree, honestly, I, I do. Uh I can see I can see from a, a show standpoint if you had to kill a character I would probably go for Laurel too just to, um I think there's so much more to do with the other characters and they really weren't utilizing her up until this season when um it was time for her to go uh but they they never really I mean there plenty of times where she was just in the background just doing something or it seemed like she got forced upon the the plot of the Black Canary Honestly, uh, I guess when they first made the show, you could tell they weren't really following by the DC format. They, they took liberties having Thea nicknamed Speedy when uh, that was the Red Arrow. It seemed like they had no uh, no intentions on having her become that character. And then even Laurel, her name was, was Laurel Lance, Dinah Laurel Lance, which they seemed to add that extra Dinah in later because uh, that's yeah. the documentary. So they seemed to add that one in there to tie it into DC, but they seemed to have... Uh, had the idea to have her sister be the Black Canary. So that they were definitely taking their own liberties, but they seemed to kind of bring it home uh, these last few seasons when, when they renamed it to Star City, which is the original name of the, the city from the comics. So they seemed to start bringing everything home, but then they realized, hey, wait a minute. It, it was some some reason that they had made to you know take out Laurel, and I can't speak for what that reason is. Uh, oh, here's had, what it is, Donald. Here's what it is, buddy. Well, they 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 threw all the names in a hat after they filmed the first uh, flash forward, <laughs> um, and then they started drawing names. And after they drew Oliver for like the fourth time in a row, oh, we can't be Oliver. <laughs> then then uh, they finally decided to leave it out, and hers just happened to be the one that got drawn. That's the only- <laughs> I believe you because they they did go on record saying that, they, that when they wrote that scene, they didn't know what they were going to kill. So. <laughs> It could be the hat, it could be the tumbler thing, it could be what, what Camille was saying. <laughs> who, who knows? I just, I, one, one of you guys said, I think it was Matt, Matt that said that there seemed to be no ramifications of her death other than, you know, some great acting from Sarah and uh, Lance. Other than that, uh, 
uh, Detective Lance would be more clear. Well, that episode that, with uh, that dig scene where he was like, yeah. you know, going crazy after, you know, things yeah. happened and he was upset. That was that was great. You know, that was at least at least that we had that one moment of of, you know, someone was hurting about <laughs> Laurel, you know. Yeah. And that, and that stupid, cheesy moment in Flash where like we didn't know her. We loved her. Like, yeah. Never even be in the same scene with her. She was so, there uh, like <laughs> once. Yeah. She talked to Cisco, yeah. not you. Get it straight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that was so bad. But but we have another version of, of the character that's locked away in Star Lab, So we'll probably see her next season yeah, too so who knows um anyway uh and that character already seems like 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 cooler and she has real power so it's not just a device that does nothing <laughs> but break a car window um but um anyway uh we did mention diggle i felt like diggle had a real strong arc this season uh we got to see a little bit more of his wife and his kid and, and the family man the brother uh him dealing with things he to me he's always been that that rock you know, he started off as Oliver's bodyguard, and I think in some way he's he's always still been his bodyguard, whether it's been emotionally or physical. So, Camille, you brought up Diggle. So, uh, what do you have to say about that character this season? Um, yeah, like you're saying, we got a lot more of kind of his. We got a little like well, a bigger individual arc for for him, which was nice because I feel he's so underutilized in terms of you know screen time, and he's more interacting with you know, Oliver, and then they give him, like, one episode per season, and it's awful, but it was, like, not that awful this time, you know, it was, I felt it was, there was a lot more to it, you know, especially with the mystery of what happened to his brother, and then he shows up, so we got this, we finally got this nice interaction, and kind of, maybe not understanding of Diggle, but just a little tiny bit of thought process, or maybe even just just we get to see and interact with him more. I mean, I'm biased because I love Diggle. He's he's great, and um, I just it sucks now because all of this kind of screen time with him led to him now possibly not being a part of the team next season or maybe even the show. So it makes me very very like nervous as to what his role will be in the future because we did get a lot of him this season, and now he might not be around. So. I don't know. I I loved everything that he was doing this season, and I I loved his emotional kind of roller coaster of should I trust my brother? I'm gonna trust my brother. Now he screwed me over. Now I'm upset about it. Now I have to do this awful thing, you know. And that that obviously changed him and affected him in a way that we might not get to see next season. But again, I don't know how much he'll be in next season, but. Um, I just, I loved everything he was doing and even the family thing. I loved seeing him kind of grow more into that and have this kind of awesome relationship with his wife. I just loved, I loved everything with him, honestly. It was, it was nice and refreshing to see one person in Team Arrow kind of have a family or have this kind of homely mindset, you know, while they're going on the streets. Like, I got to protect my family. I got to protect my wife and kid. And I love that. It was just, it was it brought an aspect to the show we haven't had. So um, I definitely would like to see where this would go, but I don't know. Maybe they'll take him out next season. Maybe not. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, the guy had to kill his brother and that's pretty, pretty tough for anyone. I, I assume uh, yeah. one of my favorite moments from, from the character this season was uh, when he, when he called out Oliver, uh, you know, and, and um, the little back and forth that he had with Oliver, while Oliver didn't trust his brother, but, Digger was so blind, and he just wanted to have that family 
you know, he's, like you said, he's a family man, so he wanted to, to have his brother back, and he wanted to believe that yeah. he was good, and, and he just went off on Oliver. I thought that was really good. Uh, Matt, what do you have to say about uh, John Diggle this season? Well, I agree with just about everything you guys have said. I mean, I, to me, he was the most compelling character of the season, and um, his, his struggle with uh, whether to trust Andy or not. Because the the one thing, the one dynamic that I really loved was between him and Oliver about Andrew all season. Oliver was like, in the beginning, we can reach Andrew, we can turn him around, you know. And then Diggle bought into that, and and uh, he bought into it so well that uh, that he ended up getting getting bit even when oliver had changed his tune um and the dyna- the dynamic that that created and then the conflict about uh, laurel and camille like you said that where he went after Rouvet, that scene was just freaking fantastic i love that scene yes. and mm-hmm. um and then at the end of the season you know that the script is flipped because diggle has always been oliver's kind of light at the end of the tunnel and now, uh, as Diggle said at the end, he said, you know, uh, instead, lately, you've been my light at the end of the tunnel. And I, I love that kind of juxtaposition and, and the place that it puts him. I, with all of these characters running off at the end of this end of this uh, finale episode, it just makes me wonder, are, are all the actors contracts up? Are they making it so that, you know, if, if they if they do resign, they can find a way to bring them back in? Or if they don't resign, then they've got their little send off. I mean, that's almost the way it felt to me. It felt very convenient. Um, and it almost felt, again, like a, a, a Return of the King denouement that just, uh, you know, it doesn't have any real weight to it. Um, so, uh, but as far as Dougal goes, uh, yeah, he was, he was really kind of one of the, him and, and early in the season, Damien Dark was the reason I watched the second half of the season. Of course, the grave mystery and I hated to see Laurel go, but the thing that kept me after we found out about Laurel was Diggle. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just Googled the guy. He's 45. He looks 25. Wow. Yeah, David Ramsey. Uh, is that his name? Yeah, he is a yeah, very good-looking yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we know. Yeah. Now there it all comes out. Yeah, no, yeah. just kidding. Yeah, dude, he was exactly. at like a Comic Con at um, Chicago, and I was like, "Well, I'm just gonna go meet my husband now, so I'll see y'all later." <laughs> <laughs> no, that I've seen a lot of Tumblr gifts of him as well. So he is a very popular character. Um, I guess we we can move on to Thea and uh, Malcolm Merlin, who I feel have been just as dysfunctional as ever. Uh, it's one of the few highlights that I still have with, with Malcolm Merlin is him popping up out of nowhere and getting into it with Thea and the back and forth between those two. I think that's the only thing that's making his character still valuable at this point. Uh, Matt, do you have anything you want to talk about with those two characters? Okay. Uh, well, I've always been a Thea fan. Um but uh the whole i don't know the whole uh bloodlust thing uh that that storyline i i i feel like it would have been great if it had just been her and not i mean i do understand they had to bring sarah back somehow um but it felt like the consistency between her and and sarah's story uh didn't make any sense um, so I wish they could have left it out of one of the true stories. And um, at the end, um, I didn't find any rhyme or reason for her to, to be leaving. I just really didn't. 
Um, and again, I, I just think it's because her contract is up for negotiation or something. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, it, I just I, I felt kind of unsatisfied with Thea's development. And Donald, you mentioned it earlier. Malcolm, he's he's become so watered down and 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 such an unthreat. Um, I was really hoping that the whole, you know, disassembling the, the League of Assassins thing was going to bring him, bring evil Malcolm Merlin back. Instead, he just became, you know, a stooge henchman for Ruve Dark, more or less. And, and that was very unsatisfactory to me. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree with that. Camille, you have anything you want to add? No, I, I echo that a hundred times, man. Definitely feel that way about Merlin. Well, what about Thea? How do you feel about her? Yeah, I, I felt she was very, uh, like, underutilized this season. Um, again, they're giving... I feel like her character got the similar treatment as Snow on uh, Flash, where they just, here's a love interest, here, do this thing, and then have your bloodlust interfere with that, and then let's not really follow up or do anything really... I don't know, like, the bloodlust was such an afterthought, you know, and, like, thinking of it now, like, oh, yeah, that happened this season, that was kind of a waste of time, you know? (laughs) Like, what was the point of it? I get the point of it, I just, it didn't serve any real good storytelling or didn't bring about things that we could have, I guess it had the Constantine thing, but, you know, that was, like, the start of it and the end of it, but, I don't know. Um, Theo was definitely underused this season, and I was just disappointed to see her kind of just kind of utilized that way. Um, I, I hope that they do something more with her next season, get her back to maybe the fighting stand she was in before, but it was a shame that, you know, now she's supposedly going away too. So I don't know this whole, like all these characters leaving at once just seemed so, so like convenient. You know, I just, I don't know what they're doing with that. So it's just weird. It feels weird. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, cause you know, it's just like last season they're, with Ar- with Ar- with uh, Oliver and Felicity, they're going to come right back. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, I guess I guess Matt made a good point too, and maybe some of them won't. And that way, they all have like a fitting, or somewhat fitting in. They'll probably be, they'll probably be all back. I would assume. I would too. Uh, Just, but there's always that way. You've got an out. Yeah, I, I tell you, who I want to see back. I want to see uh, um, the guy who plays Red Arrow. Yes, Colton Hayes or something like Colton that. Colton Hayes, yeah. Roy. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I miss I miss what he brought to that team. Me too. So that would be great if they can find a way to bring him back and just I guess slightly change Thea's costume or his costume so they don't look exactly the same. Uh, he did. He was in there. He he did a guest spot this season, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was that, that was just a fun dynamic to bring him back in there. So. Uh, and then seeing him do the parkour and everything is always fun. And his development was so great. Like, where is that writing? <laughs> oh yeah. I, I just miss that whole dynamic. Yeah, I do too. I do too. And where is that writing? Well, it got uh, it got watered down between Supergirl and Four shows. Tomorrow and Flash yeah. and Arrow. Oh, boy. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing him on on Legends. He would be, I think, he would make a good um, replacement. That would be cool. Yeah, and um, and I I just felt like there was a lot of loose ends with the the whole uh, Sarah stuff on Arrow. Like there, there was her, uh, Roy, and then the girl Sin, and they all seemed to have just like wandering around the city. I guess I don't know. 
Uh, but yeah, that, that that stuff was was great with him. I think the we can talk about the minor character of of uh, Curtis. I felt like he brought a pretty good dynamic into the show this year. And for the brief, what one or two episodes that Felicity quit, he made a good replacement. And then of course she was back. So how would you guys feel about the addition of the Curtis character? How do you think he fits into that, Camille? I definitely think he he obviously was. He stuck out a little bit because he's not, you know, used to it. He's definitely geeking out about it, which I really did enjoy. Um, but I think he also added this this sense of optimism that the team is very low on overall. And obviously this season with a lot of mm-hmm. things happening to the crew, a lot of individual things happening to the crew, it's hard to, to keep that optimism up. And I think they need a fresh um, perspective, a fresh kind of point of view on things. And, I hope to see more of him. Honestly, he, he did a great job, and uh, he it, he's like the male version of Felicity in a way. The way he's written, he's just kind of quirky and all techie and all that. But they they need that that kind of aura around, so to speak. So I hope to see more of that, just in general, like more of Curtis. He he's he's a great addition to possibly Team Arrow. So if they could work him in where he's in like every once in a while to pick up for something Felicity can't do, that would be awesome. Like, honestly, I think they need more of this kind of sunshine over all the doom and gloom with the show. Yeah, uh, I, I, I agree. I liked him. I like whenever Felicity's mom is on and even Felicity's mm-hmm. dad. I, thought, I felt like they had a fun scene where they were all arguing uh, and, and she's freaking out the whole time while Curtis yeah. was there making weird, awkward faces. But Matt, how do you feel about, uh, I guess, those characters? Yeah, all of those characters uh, were good reasons to keep watching, too, when they were going to be on, uh, because the main storyline was was seemingly deteriorating after the, the whole Laurel thing for me. Uh, but uh, what's that guy's name? Echo Kellum? Is that his name? Um, the actor who plays Curtis, I thought he was fabulous. I love the way they developed his character to where, you know, um, he wasn't just a, a, a typical side guy i mean he's got he's got a home life he's got a husband he he uh, on top of that he you know he he's just as, as smart at the at the tech stuff as felicity is and if there's no team arrow they might need him a lot more than they think because uh, felicity yeah. might have to put on a, a canary costume and go running around um oh, I, I would like to see that <laughs> i would not i sure. would definitely not <laughs> She might feel it out a little better than uh, Laurel, but <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, uh, but uh, you know, I, I I don't know what what the, what's going to happen. Captain Lance. I hope we see more of him again. Um, and uh, I always love Mama Smoke. Uh, I, Charlotte Ross. I loved her in NYPD Blue, which was a totally different role. Very super serious. Very uh, vulnerable. And here. With 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 Charlotte's playing this Mama Smoke who is <laughs> ditzy and and yet at the same time so world savvy that it's just remarkable, you know. And, and I, I I love that uh, about her. Um, and the first episode with Calculator when he after he came back after the jail, I was kind of like, oh man, are they really going to do that? Um, but uh, it turned out uh, I really ended up uh, kind of liking Calculator too despite his uh, his tendencies to be a criminal. Yeah, uh, I, I did like that. Um, uh, you, I just, that she was the lady that in, in, in NYPD Blue that had the nude scene, right? 
Yes. I knew she looked familiar. I, as a kid, I, I would Google that frequently. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not, not necessarily out of, out of just wanting to see the lady new, but I, I, I was weirded out because it was on like NBC or something. ABC, like that. yeah, it was the first nude yeah, scene ABC. ever done on uh, on uh, on uh, broadcast television, I think. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, big, uh, check check out her Instagram now, man. Yeah, because she's right in okay. my age range, so I'm I'm that I'm all about looking at that. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got to you got to, to talk about uh, David Ramsey, so we were talking about. It. You're right. You're uh, right. I'll take it. <laughs> so I, I guess I guess we, we we did talk a lot about Felicity, and, and I guess through the show itself, we talked a lot about Oliver. But we can give closing thoughts on, on what appear to be the two main characters of the show at this point, and uh, Oliver becoming mayor now. What does that mean, you know, going forward? And I guess I'll, I'll throw it to Matt this time to finish off that conversation. Well, first of all, a lot of sleeplessness. Um, he he yeah. can't be mayor by day and, and arrow by night and expect to get any sleep, um, which probably uh, maybe he'll have his own drug addiction next season. Now, but um, <laughs> Arrow was, uh, you know, Oliver, for me, um, did not seem to be the center of the story uh, this season. It, it seemed like it was a lot more about what was going on around him. And um, his inability to 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 cope with certain things, and maybe and maybe that's his was his struggle for you know coming out of the darkness and coming to the light, which we all know the Green Arrow is supposed to be um, a little less little less dark than the original Arrow uh, was. Um, I don't know if I like that. I like Dark Oliver. I hope and and kind of at the end of the season, maybe the writers realize that because they had Oliver kind of re embrace his dark side, but. His whole run about the mayor and everything, and now he's going to be mayor. Um, I could care less about. I want him to fight. Yeah. I want him to fight. You know, um, a Raza Ghoul in in a in a big epic epic thing. I, I want that 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 kind of arc to mean something. Uh, I don't want to see him. You know, passing a, a bill about the the sanitation of water. You know, and how important that is yeah. to fighting crime. Um, you know, I, I don't want that. So I, I hope that, uh, maybe they can have it to where he, uh, you know, they have to have the, they still have to have a proper election. This is an appointment. Maybe he can lose. I don't know. I, I agree. I, I feel like that's way too much to be on a person's plate. I still don't understand how these guys sleep as it is. Right. So, um, one thing I did, I did like this season was the fact that they actually made a point of showing that with Felicity and she lost, you know, the company because she was never there. Uh, but yeah, everyone else doesn't have a job. I understand, like, well, Thea's rich, Oliver's rich, so he didn't have to do much, I guess. So, um, I don't know what, where the income comes from with Diggle, how he's supporting the family. Well, I, <laughs> I have no idea, but. Is. Yeah, maybe, maybe, because she's the new Amanda Waller, I guess, so. But even before then, like, well, she was just an agent, so I, yeah, I don't know. True. Um, but I'm glad that they, they did address that in some form. Uh, with this, though, this is a whole different story, because Mayor is not just a, nine to five job so it, it could be pretty interesting to see with a shortened team arrow how oliver's going to juggle all this stuff and mm -hmm. why he would even accept it is, is my whole thing is like why would he even accept it i don't i don't know uh but maybe maybe we're moving into a point where we don't need an arrow as much and the city would, would be doing better but at the same time the show is named arrow and that's what we need to see so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't doubt that he won't. Be, he will be back in full Arrow garb. So, um, Camille, I almost called you Felicity. Camille, will you want to wrap up those two characters? 
uh, Felicity and Oliver? Yes, I guess that's the only two left, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, I just I want to see Oliver just be freaking honest with himself about what he's doing and why he's doing it, whether it's his relationship or you know this mayor thing. I just want him to look inside himself and just accept what he's doing and stop making these horrible excuses. And if he's going to be solo, whether a relationship or just doing his job, like understand your own self and just become what you are, man. He obviously knows what's inside of him and brewing inside of his mind and his soul or whatever you want to say. But I just, I'm so tired of him questioning himself and constantly being this like, well, I'm going to throw myself under the bus. Well, this is all my fault. Like, just come on, man. Like, and, and this season, he actually wasn't blaming himself for some things. At least at the end, he wasn't, you know, just like, oh, this was solely my fault. But I want to see this more confident, you know, kind of guy. I feel we just have this broken Oliver and it's just getting hard, harder to watch because you expect him to come back from it and just he seems to be seeping further into I don't know, depression or whatever he's going through. And it's just like, this is not fun to watch. You know, he's got to come back and bounce back from this somehow. And I just want to see that happen already. And just hopefully, whether it's with or without Felicity, move forward. And, you know, and and with Felicity, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect or want from that character, just because I don't, not necessarily that I don't know her place in the show. I just don't know how much further they can take your character without playing the rehashed and kind of repeat and recycle with her. So I don't know. I just want these people, the writers maybe to just have a clear plan instead of just kind of throwing these characters in different directions and seeing what happens. You know, I want, I want Oliver to be confident. I want Felicity to have a place and not just at, you know, Oliver's side. So We'll see. I mean, she is she is part of Team Arrow, but I would love to see her come more into that opposed to her relationship with Oliver. So just have a purpose. Let's not focus on relationships, please. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hopefully her father coming in and they'll, they'll have something to do with it. And, yeah, um, very true. Maybe she'll have room to grow there. Other, other than that, she already can do anything on a computer, so... Other than her putting on a costume and trying to fight, I don't really see that there's much more to, to explore with that character. I guess she can fight for the the company. Right. Uh, in, the, in the I guess in the in the Legends episode we saw that she actually took over the company, but I think that that was just because um, uh, Ray didn't never never came back and they never came back in that in that timeline. So uh, I guess we'll see. Uh, I'm okay with wrapping it up like that if you guys are. Fine yeah, I'm me. good. I do have uh, one quick question for you guys. Um, you Go know, just immediately after Supergirl got signed over to CW by CBS to their sister company, um, they already started talking about, oh, we've got big plans for a crossover in December. Um, <laughs> how how excited? I mean, I thought that the, 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 the one they did with Flash and Arrow this year was very satisfactory. It, it of course, helped plant another seed for the Legends episode. But is it possibility that a four-night crossover, is that just a little bit too dense, or, or <laughs> would you look forward to something like that, Donald? I totally would look forward to it. Honestly, I don't know how they're going to do it, having Supergirl in a totally different universe at this point. Right. But 
I would love to see Oliver's reaction to her. Because you remember um, whenever he first met Barry, it was always cool. Like, oh, it's so cool. So I would just love to see how those characters play off of each other. We saw uh, two guys, two two characters with superpowers, you know, and they, that, that was a very, very fun episode. So uh, how would they react to seeing Oliver, who's just a guy, you know, and he's out there fighting for them too. And how will re- he react to being brought into this world where there's, you know, superpowers and aliens and everything fighting and, and, and he's just a guy and he's just trying to manage day-to-day life and stuff like that. So, um, I think there's, there's potential to, for it to be very good or potential for it to just be a big mess. Mm. Either way, I, I, I'm, I'm down. Like I, I love DC. <laughs> I love, I love it all. Like I, I'm eating this stuff up. Even when flash is like terrible and I'm like, what are they doing? No one would ever behave like that. I'm still amazed that I get to see this stuff on TV that I, I've been waiting for from, like, being a little kid. Yeah, I understand that. How about you, Camille? Uh, are you excited for a four-night event uh, sometime in the first week of December? It sounds really crazy, but, you know, like Donald said, I'm definitely down to see, like, what they can do with it. I mean, at least in season one of Flash, um, the crossovers were amazing. Those, those are by far some of my favorite moments in the in the Flash and Arrow um, verse were those interactions with two different shows, you know, just to have them combined is uh, uh, just, I don't understand why they don't do it more. And maybe money, but just God, it's so good. And I'd love to see more of those, those interactions and um, to have a four way crossover since, you know, they're incorporating Supergirl. Um, it's, it's very, very interesting. I, I definitely think it might be, like kind of, <laughs> they might be kind of going a little overboard with it, but um, I'm totally down to see, you know, what how overboard they're going to take it, especially with Legends, because Legends you can do so much with that, and to see them kind of interact now finally with the verse that they're in, like it, I just found it weird that we didn't see that many um, interactions with their timeline. I mean, m- minus that old Oliver episode, like that was awesome and to see something like that with other shows like yeah i'm totally down for all of it honestly very cool yeah i I can only imagine that greg berlanti as soon as mark what's his name from the cw started spouting that off he was probably you know planting his head on a desk going oh my god how am i going to do this now um (laughs) but i i i will be excited to see you know kind of like donald you know i'm almost kind of watching to see if there's a train wreck (laughs) but uh but 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 i will watch nonetheless and with the different kinds of 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 crossover aspects the big issue for me is how they get how the individual shows get into them and get out of them because i we talked about this a little bit uh, over Twitter, I think between all of us was, you know, how strange the episodes of like Barry uh, suddenly coming in for, for uh, Laurel's funeral for the flash forward, how weird that worked. And on IMDB folks, you can find a list of what order to watch the episodes in to make them all work together. And that includes the Supergirl episode. Um, But that the, uh, the crazy thing is, is that you do have to really like, you know, stop completely stop watching one show for a little while and watch a couple of the others and then completely, you know, stop watching that show so that you go back to the others. So to where everything kind of meets up uh, for the last couple episodes. And 
um, I don't want to work that hard. So I'm hoping that the writers uh, do a better job of uh, leading in and out of and and crossing over things a, a little bit better this year. And I understand that some of that's not in their control because the CW says, well, we need a three week break here for production for Flash. And uh, but we can't have both Flash and Arrow off here. So we'll air this one Flash episode while Arrow doesn't air. And then we'll air this other episode while Flash doesn't air. Um, and that that'll make it all work out because I'll be doing episodes 22 and 23 together in the end. Yeah, but guys execs it's the stuff in the middle that matters you know like when does flash actually learn or when does flash actually go to the supergirl world when does flash actually show you know does he go to the uh cemetery before or after he loses his powers um those kinds of things are important so i hope they do better planning uh with the network's cooperation in, in regards to that do you any of you guys have any thoughts about that donald i know that you were saying at one point, you were saying, now the Flash timeline makes zero sense. And I agreed with you at that point. Yeah. Yeah, I had a, I had a problem with that, especially last season, too, when they brought Arrow over. And he was in the um, Raj Agul outfit. And made yes. no sense how he got there. Uh, even even this season where he's like, why does he have powers now? I don't understand. Uh, I, can, I can accept it to a certain point, but if you just keep doing it, it's like, do you even care? You know, I start to to wonder like if they don't care, then I don't care. Uh-huh. Like, and, and you don't, you definitely don't want your audience not to care. Mm-hmm. So I think that there there there's places you can make more effort. I mean, I've seen it done with Buffy and Angel. You you watch Angel, and then Angel would Buffy would be on Angel, and then after that, Buffy or Angel would be on Buffy, and you, it made sense. Even when they were on different networks, they still made it work. Mm-hmm. So I I don't understand. It's it's possible. You can do it. It's not it's not that hard, but. With this massive crossover they're planning next year, I can expect to just be completely dumbfounded at, at how it works. So I'll just probably have to just live in the moment. Gotcha. Camille, any thoughts about any of that? Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I wish they would get back to a level of consistency because, again, with all these mini breaks and then some shows still going and some shows, you know, starting or ending sooner than these breaks, it's just they need to, I don't want to say make it super easy for us. Like we're lazy or we can't keep up with it. But when we're juggling three to now four shows that are going to be interacting with one another, like we want to be all on the same page and you got to make these things line up. They have to line up or it's going to make no sense. And no one's going to care about your crossovers and people are not going to join in for that one episode for a crossover. There needs to be, consistency and when they put these crossovers up and how they how they air in relation to one another because it has to make sense it has to and if it doesn't it it's going to discourage it it might discourage people to watch them or it might discourage the people who are looking on twitter seeing what people think about it you know those tweets about it not making sense and all that might discourage them from doing it again so to make it easier for everybody just do it do it all at the same time don't make it confusing you know it has to make sense and when these episodes are airing and if it's all going to happen in the same week then just make it make sense that way um or skip an episode and make it make sense that way one if you know it's just there's so many there's too many factors in it and if it's going to be a four-way crossover like just make it simple and do it right like it's just it's as simple as that you know 
Yeah, uh, well, the CW doesn't need continuity. The CW needs a love triangle. Um, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, uh, thanks so much for, for taking time to be on Save the City podcast. It's been a great season talking with you when we could. I really appreciate your time tonight. And I uh, want to give each of you a chance to uh, promote whatever you're doing these days and to uh, tell people how to talk to you about the DC world on television and any final thoughts you have about any of these finales. Camille, let's start with you. Um, as far as these finales, I just want all of these shows to move forward and kind of figure out what they're doing and not give us these crazy convoluted seasons coming or going forward and moving forward. So please not so many crazy storylines. <laughs> Um, as far as what I'm doing, um, I play video games and post it on YouTube. And if you want to watch any of those or talk about us, talk to any of the people that we're doing or playing those games and all that mess. Um, you can follow that Twitter at Simon's Cake. And um, if you want to talk to me personally about all these shows and all that mess, um, you can follow me at Lady Oddity. And yeah, it's basically it. Thank you again, Camille, so much. I've enjoyed talking to you this season. Donald, what are you up to, and how can people talk to you about, gosh, just anything? Philosophy, religion, uh, politics. Uh, oh, yeah, DC television shows. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, find me on Twitter. I'm just at Donald Jr. Somebody actually tweeted me in like a some kind of racist, racism tweet because they thought I was Donald Trump's son. <laughs> And, uh, uh, it was, it was, it was the weirdest thing. I was, what are you talking about? And then they, they deleted the tweet and said, I'm sorry, I thought you were Trump's son. So, uh, I'm Donald Jr. on Twitter, but not Donald Trump Jr. So <laughs> if, if, if Donald Trump Jr. is listening and he wants that Twitter handle, you know, a million dollars to get it easily. So let me know. Yeah, uh, the only, only other thing I'm doing right now is the small council podcast, the Game of Thrones podcast. You can find that on, on iTunes. Uh, and I, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Small Council Pot, and we're really enjoying that uh, this season of, of Game of Thrones so far. And I believe we're going to record an episode with Matt in about an hour or two. I, I don't know how time zones work. I just wait to get a call and I answer. <laughs> that is uh, about an hour after this recording. We'll be talking some Game of Thrones. Uh, any last thoughts about uh, the the shows, Donald? Before we go. Um, look, there there was a definite drop off in quality this year. It's not enough to make me stop watching, not even close. So if they can maintain, like like Camille said, a level of consistency and all that mess, then that's great, and we can I can continue to enjoy it. Uh, the Marvel, I mean, the, not Marvel, the uh, DC uh, animated universe is also something I'm very interested in, and there's going to be some good stuff coming out this year, including the Killing Joke. Yes, which is uh, everybody's very excited for that. So. Uh, I'm about all things DC. Got a DC tattoo. I'm getting it colored in uh, in a couple of days. <laughs> so look for pictures of that and, and let's just keep moving. I'm loving it. All right. At Lady Oddity and at Donald JR on Twitter. And uh, here's all my information. Thanks for listening. Find all back episodes and all contact links at SaveThisCityPodcast.wordpress.com. If you have feedback, you can leave a voicemail by calling 314-669-1840. 
or send email to save this city podcast at gmail.com or tweet us at save this city pod please leave the podcast a written review on whatever app that you use